Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm Will. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons. And today we're talking about Topaz Dragons. Hey, Brian. Hey, Will. How you doing today? I'm ready to talk about fucking dragons. Good, because it's time for another Gem Dragon episode. Brought yes! to you by Fizzban's Treasury of Dragons. Fizzban! Today's Gem Dragon episode, the Topaz Dragon, is in a lot of ways the oddest of the bunch. Unlike the first three Gem Dragons we've covered this year, Topaz Dragons don't really have a chromatic or metallic analog dragon in color, breath weapon, or temperament. And if you were to describe a Topaz in a single word, the word I would use would be grouchy. They're very, very grouchy. Okay. Decay and despair are bound up in the nature of Tobaz dragons, thanks to the necrotic energy of the negative plane that suffuses them. Their psionic powers manifest the fundamental entropic principle that mortal beings and their creations are ultimately doomed to death and decomposition, and the dragon's demeanor is typically morbid or curmudgeonly as a result. Okay. It's just kind of negative. Just Just negative vibes, bro. Just some little Debbies. Some little (laughs) Debbie Debbie Downers. Downers, for sure. It's true. Upon hatching, Topaz dragon wormling scales are dull yellow-orange and have a cloudy or filmy look with brighter orange highlights. As they age, their scales harden and clarify, becoming translucent and faceted, with individual scales becoming indiscernible and ranging from bright yellow to rich amber in color. From a distance, Topaz dragons can appear as if carved from pure Topaz itself. Uh, their pupils fade with age, so a great worm's eyes are not but fiery glowing orbs. They, oh, look, wow. they look pretty cool. Is that like how... Um you know, your eye kind of graze over. So you, like, so you think like cataracts? Yeah, I guess <laughs> no, so. Is that what not, that is? Not, no, it's more along the lines of like the inner power of the dragon begins to emanate so powerfully that like it shines it through their burns eyes. Burns their eyes out. Yeah, kind of. So like their eyes glow with, with an energy. I'm so powerful, I dragons. can't see anymore. I mean, they can... My eyes are flashlights. They have true sight. So Kill me. <laughs> The, a hatching a hatchling body length averages two foot long or 0.6 meters nice uh, with a two foot long or 0.6 meter tail 
Well, an adult averages a body length of 44 to 53 feet, that's 13 to 16 meters, and a tail length of 23 to 29 feet, that is 7 to 8.8 meters. Hey, let me stop you right there. Sorry. Let's do a bit where you say the thing, and then I look at you and say the meters thing, as if I know it off the top of my head. The biggest great worms grow to 92 feet. That's 28 meters. (laughs) Long in the body with tails 40 feet. 12 meters. Long. I love it. Let's keep doing this forever. All right, cool. (laughs) Their bodies are wider at the haunches, tapering in a wedge shape toward the head, and their wings are shaped to propel them through both air and water. A topaz dragon's psionic power manifests visibly in the gem-like spines that run in a ridge from the crown of the head to the tip of the tail. These spines hover above a living topaz dragon's back, dancing and shifting with the dragon's mood. That's so cool how they all do that. Yeah, Yeah. it is pretty neat. Um, Topaz dragons are a breed of gem dragon known to be selfish and unsociable, which honestly all gem dragons seem to be like that. They're all really antisocial for different reasons and in different ways. Yeah. Yeah. While generally not malicious, they often behave erratically, making them unpleasant and even dangerous to deal with. They rarely tolerate any company but their own, and they are usually indifferent at best, even toward their own kind. Moreover, their unpredictability means that even if a creature proves itself useful to a topaz dragon, it shouldn't count on being safe from the dragon the next time they meet. Topaz dragons rarely go out of their way to fight other creatures, however, with the exception of bronze dragons, for whom they bear an inexplicably intense hatred. (laughs) They always have these long descriptions like that with that kind of language embedded Mm -hmm. in it. And then we get to a portion where it's like, but they're really loving parents. (laughs) Right. It's so true. And they really bring their kids up with like a fervor (laughs) for parenting that is unparalleled. I'm always like, aw. I know, right? So cute. Uh, Topaz dragons embody decay. <laughs> they view destruction as a natural means of clearing the way for new creation and growth. Much as a forest fire clears dead wood, replenishes the soil, and allows the forest to regrow even healthier than before. To this end, Topaz dragons use their power to reduce crumbling structures and diseased plants to dust, clearing the way for new growth and construction. That's funny. For a second, I thought you were going to tell me they're infertile, like their bodies are. No, 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 not at all. (laughs) Topaz dragons are often detached and disinterested parents. Oh, no. <laughs> what have you done? I'm sorry. Even going as far as to abandon their own offspring in order to save themselves. Yo, fuck this thing. It's noisy. Yeah, they suck. <laughs> Topaz dragons are happiest by the sea. <laughs> <laughs> fuck oh. my kids. I'm going to the beach. <laughs> They make their layers in bleak and rocky coastal areas such as secluded beaches, caves above or below the waterline, or structures they build themselves. At these places, they enjoy sunning themselves on rocky outcrops, under the wind, sea spray, and crashing waves, and from where they can keep an eye out for the prey. Hey, Jenny, check out my new cabana I built. <laughs> hey, Ron, didn't you didn't you have a son? <laughs> Wasn't he just bored? Nah. Nah, I don't know what you're talking about, Jenny. I ditched that loser. <laughs> Check out my cabana, though. (laughs) I love this guy. This is my son. This guy's horrible. (laughs) Despite being competent swimmers and making their layers on seacoasts and in brackish marshes, Tobias dragons hate the water. (laughs) Unfortunately, their favorite food is giant squid. So these dragons have ample opportunity to complain bitterly about being wet after diving deep into the ocean to search for for their prey. (laughs) Their hatred of being wet is so intense that they keep their layers scrupulously dry, even when on the plane of water, no matter how difficult that may seem. What the fuck? (laughs) Their hordes are full of sham wows. What's, what's a sham wow? Oh, it's like the mo- it's a joke about like how it's so it's not a joke. It was a real product that was oh. released. Um, Tell me more. In like an infomercial kind of schemey sort of way, mm-hmm. um, they absorb a ridiculous amount of water. What? Okay. 
Yeah, definitely. That, that's their whole thing. It's that's like their it's favorite sh- product. It's a ShamWow. One ShamWow the size of your chest can like clean your all the water off your car or whatever. What? Okay, that's crazy. Yeah, they definitely like ShamWows. Their preference <laughs> for layer sites uh, frequently bring Tobas dragons into conflict with other creatures since they resent having to share their chosen scenic locations with anything that isn't food. Uh, this includes coming into conflict with bronze dragons when their coastal territories overlap. This is the real reason Tobes dragons nurture an intense hatred for these metallic dragons. Bronze dragons are the only other creature they can't just chase away from their lairs. <laughs> it's a big deal if two dragons beef and a Topaz dragon probably rather just leave than have to deal with the effort. <laughs> so yeah. they fucking hate those guys. Yeah, the bronze. This is a really sociable one, right? Uh, bronze dragons are fairly sociable. They're more like the honor ones. Oh, the, know, and the they, co- the they copper like is the one I'm thinking of. You think of copper and yeah. brass. Brass are talkative. Copper are tricksters. Oh, then it was the brass. Yeah. They're all basically like those colors are all similar enough. Yeah, to me, or true. I can't like different. No, it's, it's, I think that's understandable. Which one is talks buoyantly? That's the brass. I, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so the Shamwell bailed us out, rep- repeatedly winging, uh, ringing dry, thirsty for more. As well as it did, though, the final uh, wipe hand to happen with a paper towel. So I do remember that. They would leave, like, droplets of water behind because they would get so full. Okay. I don't know. I don't think. I Googled our Shamwell's good, and that's the, that's the thing I read. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> they can also draw the ire of druids and other nature protectors who don't understand the dragon's proclivity for destroying large swaths of countryside. <laughs> Okay. They're like, dude, what the fuck? Trogdor. That was a perfectly good field. Yeah, they're definitely trogdoring it up. <laughs> they're burninating uh, the countryside. They're burninating the countryside. Uh, beyond that, Topaz, man, we just showed our age. Goddamn. That, that trogdor is like, at this point, almost 20 years old. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> We've shown our hand. It's a boomer podcast. No. No, not again. Uh, beyond that, Topaz dragons simply dislike company and grow irritated when disturbed. Uh, but anyone who can endure their abrasive demeanor, caustic observations, and morbid interest can form a lasting bond with a powerful ally. <laughs> okay. Like, you know Great. what I like best about you? You you never call me out for complaining. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you kind of just take everything I do in stride, brother. Shaka. <laughs> Yep, that's it. <laughs> you better put a topaz dragon in our next campaign. That, that, uh, now I can't name my next Harangon Ron John because this is Ron John. Yeah, Ron John, the, the topaz the dragon. The surfing topaz dragon. Absolutely. He has a surfboard so he can stay dry. Absolutely. Not so he doesn't like get in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They often abandon layers to seek new vistas, so the interiors of their layers often feel less finished than those of other dragons. They like to keep their layers well lit and can spend endless hours watching the play of light upon the treasures. Okay. (laughs) They sometimes obsessively arrange their hordes by minute gradations in color and set up mirrors around a horde chamber to make it make the massive treasure appear bigger. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I love these guys. They're horrible. No, they are funny. Yeah. But whatever pride Tobaz dragons take in their horde, they have little desire to show it off. So even those rare creatures who maintain cordial relationships with the Topaz dragon are unlikely to ever see the dragon's uh, treasures. Jenny, look at the way I set up all these mirrors. Doesn't it make my horde look so big? Shouldn't you be looking for your son, Ron? No, I told you I ditched that loser. I love Ron John. <laughs> Tobias Dragons prize information on destruction and creation, whether abstract or dedicated to practical applications. They are fascinated by magic that creates objects from nothing, animates undead, destroys matter, or manipulates negative energy. And they're particularly intrigued by undead, sometimes keeping them in their hordes as curios. What? <laughs> that's my that's my zombie Bob. <laughs> Look at the way I shine the light on this zombie. Jenny, isn't it so cool? 
I'm just so curious. Who is Jenny in this scenario? She's is like Jenny another. She's like another Topaz dragon Jared? of some kind, probably yeah, a Topaz sure, dragon. Absolutely. That's like mad about the sun ditching, but would totally do the same thing. Jenny's just like, I hate you. I hate you, Ron John. <laughs> Topaz dragons despise anything made of bronze, uh, but love to hoard gold as well. Say, man, they really hate those bronze dragons. Yeah, fuck bronze. <laughs> as well as yellow and orange gems that coordinate with their scales. They also favor treasures with a nautical theme. Um, images of the sun and mirrors, which they use to gaze at their own reflections and to redirect some light into their caves. <laughs> it says live, laugh, love, and it's on a sailboat carving. <laughs> Absolutely. In previous editions, Topaz dragons... Oh, okay. I, I really like this fact. In previous editions, Topaz dragons breathed a cone of dehydration, ironically resembling a blast of water. This would dry objects and vapor as many cubic feet of water and water-based liquids, causing salt and other suspended compounds and particles to precipitate out. Living creatures caught in the blast would be severely dehydrated, losing much of their strength and needing extensive care and rest to recover and potentially even falling into a coma and dying. Oh, my God. <laughs> I wish they still had this because it's awesome. <laughs> Fucking cool. Get read. Get <laughs> Exactly. I need a propel. What a, what a surprising and horrible way to die. Uh, now they have a less cool but still pretty cool necrotic breath. That would be a cool show, like a thousand ways to D and die. Ooh, I, I like that. Tam, 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 No one take that. We're going to maybe use that Cut later this out. Um Save that. That's good. Uh, fun <laughs> facts about Topaz Dragons. A talent of a Topaz Dragon is reported to be one of the many draconic material components in Ossovitur's way, a magical means by which a dragon can attain immortality. Uh, the Say break, what? Yeah, the talent of Topaz Dragon. I think you it's can, I think what? it's because of their tie to the necrotic uh, energies and negative plane. You can somehow use it as an implement in a spell that can give dragons immortality. Oh shit! The brain and or cranial fluids of a Topaz Dragon are uh, one proposed ingredient in a long sought after universal material component. That doesn't come up a lot. No, it the doesn't. The fluid of the spine will yeah. turn them into topaz dragon zombies. Yeah. Sorry, that's a, like a weird attack on Titan reference. So let's talk about a specific topaz dragon, Astilabor. Uh, like many great worms, topaz Astilabor is often mistakenly identified as a dragon god. Uh, in this case, the god of greed. In many ways, she is an archetype for all dragon kind, embodying the desire to acquire and hoard wealth. Her desire is born not of greed, though, but rather from her study of the material plane, its magics, and dragons' interconnection with them both. Dragons on many worlds acknowledge Estilabor as they establish new layers to host their hordes, linking them to the magic of the surrounding region. That's all I got. Did we take a short rest? Nope. Oh. We're going to do that and then go over the stat block. So now it's time for a short rest. Indeed. It's like, where's the short rest? <laughs> it's here. It's here now. Selling a little... Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. 
Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. We've returned. Do we have? Do you want to support this show? Do you? You should. Do it's it. A good ca- show. Do it, coward. <laughs> Yeah, I said it. <laughs> uh, if you need direct more direction than that, you can go to patreon.com slash dungeoncast to support us monetarily. You can also leave an iTunes review or something of the nature. Yeah, uh, Apple Podcast Review or uh, the new Spotify ratings. Both are very, very good in uh, helping us get the word out there. People trust a podcast that's got a bunch of good reviews. So go do that. Please. If you trust our podcast, let it be known. <laughs> I think we've earned your trust at this Have point. We I would hope your so. trust? Fire a Snorlax out of a cannon so it hits the subscribe button or whatever. <laughs> what? Yeah. Okay. This really slam dunk it. It's really fucking hit it good. So Brian, hey, why don't you tell me all about how powerful this ancient Tovez dragon is? I was just thinking, like, you know, why don't I do that? <laughs> ancient Topaz dragons. Let me move this microphone a little bit to kind of, you know, get, get a better right view with where I'm going to be. Yeah. <clears throat> check, check. Mm, that's good. Gargantuan dragon of gem, typically chaotic and neutral. Uh, with an armor class of tw- yeah, because they're de- they're just running around dehydrating everything that has. Well, no, they don't do that anymore. But ah, they still they abandon their children. They do it in my. <laughs> yeah, that is chaotic. Uh, armor class is twenty, all natural, baby, with a hit points of two hundred and eighty, which could calc out to not as high as I thought it would be. Seventeen d twenty plus one hundred two. When you don't hydrate, you can't be good at con stuff. I guess not. Even yeah. though they have a plus six to con, they I see do that you have right a plus now. six to con. <laughs> uh, they can fly for forty feet. Or no, I'm sorry. They can move for 40 feet, fly for 80 feet, and swim for 40 feet. Uh, 40 feet per turn is pretty good. How long in would it take the water, them to get yeah. to giant squid territory in the Forgotten Realms or whatever? Um, Wherever that is. I would assume it's a Oh, you mean how depth. deep? Yeah, I mean, I, giant squid are deep. Yeah, it's going to be similar similar depth of the real world. So it's some number. I don't know. It's some number. of. <laughs> me- uh, it's that many meters. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. <laughs> Strength is... Uh, Plus six, dex plus Strong. one, con plus not six. Dexterous. No, not dexterous. Um, intelligence is plus five, wisdom plus four, and charisma plus five. Wow. Even though they're grouchy, they can talk their way out of some They're They're, they they're very to. powerful in personality. Yes, they are. Uh, mm. They have a plus seven dex. Take a shot. They have a plus seven dex 
saving throw, plus 12 con saving throw, uh, plus 10 wisdom saving throw, and plus 11 charisma saving throw. Okay. As to be expected, ancient dragon, good at all the shit. It's plus 17 intimidation. I mean, plus, they're scary, dude. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Perception is plus 16, and stealth is plus 7. I love how all these dragons have a stealth bonus. They're sneaky. Yeah, they, they know they know what it takes to, to defeat adventurers. They know what's up. They know what's up. Um, they resist cold and necrotic. Uh, yeah, this thing makes sense. A weird cold, thing with the cold because it's cold water. It, a lot of things water related and resistant cold. Yeah, yeah. And okay. uh, necrotic because obvious obvious reasons. Obvious reasons. Uh, blind sight of sixty feet, dark vision of one hundred twenty feet, with a passive perception of twenty six. They are. Uh, fluent in common, draconic, and telepathy of 120 feet, like all the other ones. <laughs> I'm fluent in telepathy. Are you Pokemon going right uh, now? Yeah, it's a community day. I'm trying to catch shiny Mikeups. But I'm listening. I'm literally... Uh, I'm you are commenting. Indeed. He's just throwing Pokeballs. We're on video, so I wanted to address that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. The, community the day. <laughs> the challenge rating is 20. It yields 2,500 experience points. Mm. Uh, its proficiency bonus is plus six. This thing's amphibious. The dragon can breathe both air and water, so the swim depth of giant squid is no uh, major feat to this thing. No, uh, not with at all. its in- immense strength. To be fair, I really feel its uh, taste for giant squid as a person who discovered calamari in my adult life. And it Ooh. fucking love calamari. Calamari's really like, good. Like, if I had known about calamari since the beginning, I would have eaten so much more calamari than I've managed to so do far. Do you like the circles and the little squiddies? The yep, little, yeah, absolutely. I, both good. I do enjoy it more the more it looks like a tentacle. And I know that makes me weird, but it tastes good. Yeah, let's uh, <laughs> let's sidestep that one. Fabricate. Once a day, the dragon can cast Fabricate, requiring no spell components and using intelligence as a spellcasting ability. Fabricate says it's a fourth level spell. It takes 10 minutes to cast. Yeah. You can do it at a range of 120 feet. Okay. It is instantaneous from the transmutation school. You convert raw materials into products of the same material. For example, you can fabricate a wooden bridge from a clump of trees. Wow, that's that's far back. Uh, a rope of a rope from a patch of hemp. Uh, so it has to be same same and clothes from flax or wool. Yeah. So if you have the source material, you can make the end effect. I guess. Okay, that's really Skipping cool. All the labor. In well, that's interesting. I guess that plays into their fact that like they are into the destruction. Of things in order for creation of more things. So Fabricate yeah. literally does that. You're kind of destroying one thing but making something else out of it. Yes, this is straight up the Full Metal Alchemist style magic. Yep. Uh, you choose raw materials so you can see within range. You can fabricate a larger, smaller object contained within a 10-foot cube or eight connected 5-foot cubes. Given a sufficient quality of raw material. If you are working with metal, stone, or another mineral substance, however, the fabricated object can no longer can be no larger than medium, contained within a single five-foot cube. The quality of <clears> objects <throat> made by the spell is commensurate with the quality of the raw materials. Okay. Um, so if it's shitty rope, it's going to be a shitty... Or if shitty, shitty if it's shitty hemp, it'll be shitty, shitty rope. rope. Shitty trees, shitty bridge. Shitty shit. <laughs> shitty shit. Okay. Uh, creatures or magic items can't be created or transmuted by this spell. Okay. Fair. You can also use it to create items. That would uh, suck if yeah, you got a magic you did, sword and then the it just changes your magic sword into something stupid. Yeah, like uh, like a magic like not sword. <laughs> I don't know, like uh, like uh, just a, a hundred shitty uh, doorknobs. It's like, God damn it! <laughs> They're all. What do I do with all these magical doorknobs? You put them in a pillowcase. Throwing them. You put them in a pillowcase, baby. Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> I have a new sword. <laughs> It's called a bag of tennis balls. I like it. That's cool. Uh, oh, God. Um, don't hit your friends with socks full of tennis balls. 
or racquetballs or whatever yeah. it is you have around. That's called violence. Yeah, that's violence, and we don't condone that unless it's fantasy. Indeed. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. That means your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed. Your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick while you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IPVanish. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's like getting nine months for free. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with a brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to ipvanish.com slash dungeoncast and use your promotional code dungeoncast and claim your 70% savings. That's ipvanish.com slash dungeoncast. Um, you also can't use it to create items that are ordinarily... Items that ordinarily require a high degree of craftsmanship, such as jewelry weapons, glass, or armor, unless you have proficiency with that type of artisan's tools used to craft such, such objects. That's interesting. Okay. So it has to do with your knowledge of it as well. Right. Of like how you have to understand the the structure of the thing that you're creating. Yeah, it seems that way. If you don't, well, then you can't make it. Makes sense. So the dragon could just do that <clears throat> once once a day. Yeah. Real good. Mm -hmm. um, legendary resistance. If the dragon fails a saving throw, it can choose to succeed it instead three times a day. Actions. Multi-attack. The dragon makes one bite attack and two claw attacks. That bite attack is going to be a melee weapon attack with plus 12, plus 12 to hit. A reach of 15 feet. Uh, one target, it's going to hit for 17 or 2d6, 2d10 plus 6 piercing damage plus 10, 3d6 necrotic damage. Uh, the claw is going to be a melee weapon attack with plus 12 to hit as well with a reach of 10 feet. One target, it's going to hit for 13 or 2d6 plus 6 slashing damage. <clears throat> Uh, desiccating breath. Here we go. Here's the fun stuff. Uh, recharge on five to six on a d6. The dragon exhales yellowish, uh-oh, necrotic energy. <laughs> and a 90-foot cone. Each creature in that area must make a DC 20 constitution saving throw. And on a failed save, the creature takes 49 or 14 d6 necrotic damage and is weakened until the end of its next turn. Mm. Uh, that's kind of like blight, right? Like blight, this. So this could be seen as a dehydrating sort of thing. Yeah, you can definitely flavor it as such. You know, it, it drains you of your Water. energy, if you will, you yeah. know. A weakened creature has advantage on strength-based ability checks and strength saving throws, and the creature's weapons attacks that rely on strength deal half damage. On a successful save, the creature takes half as much damage and isn't weakened. Uh, Spellcasting, psionic-based. The dragon casts one of the following spells requiring no components and using intelligence as a spellcasting ability with a spell, spell save DC of 19. Once a day each, it can anti-life shell, bane, control water, Create or destroy water. Cool. That's it for the spells. Yeah, that, those that's are flavorful. It. I wish I had a couple more. I always like when dragons can cast a bunch of spells. Yeah, this is pretty. I mean, it's doing the stuff that it kind says. of harbors back to the dehydration stuff. Sure, like moving absolutely. water around and everything like that. Although I'm not familiar with anti life shell, which is a fifth level spell. Takes an action range of self duration one hour. 
It's abjuration magic. A shimmering barrier extends out from you in a 10-foot radius and moves with you, remaining centered on you and hedging out creatures other than undead and constructs. The barrier lasts for the duration, which is one hour at concentration. The barrier prevents an affected creature from passing or reaching through. An affected creature can cast spells or make attacks with ranged or reach weapons through the barrier. If hmm. you move so that an affected creature is forced to pass through the barrier, the spell ends. Oh, okay. So it keeps people out, but kind of like keeps you pinned down. If they have a lot of range, I, I, I'm not sure how helpful this really is. Well, it only works against undead and constructs. Oh, I thought it only doesn't work against them. Hedging out creatures other than undead yeah. and constructs. My bad. So it's like if you have an undead army, you know, they can surround you and be, be near you, but things that are alive cannot. Yeah. It's an anti-life shell. Right. Okay. I'm sure there's I'm great, sure application, there's for great application. I'm just not thinking of it off the top of my head. Yeah, it's hard to do that in the moment when yeah. we're recording the podcast and Indeed. haven't looked it up ahead of time. So bonus actions are change shape. The dragon magically transforms into any creature that is medium or small while retaining its game statistics other than its size. This transformation ends if the dragon is reduced reduced to zero hit points or use uses a bonus action to end it. It can also psychic step, which is misty step on drugs. The dragon magically <laughs> teleports to an unoccupied space it can see within 60 feet of it. And I mean performance enhancing drugs that make you psychic. Um, kind of like Bioshock. Is that a thing? I've never played Bioshock. Yeah, you like shank yourself with a vial and then you give yourself psychic powers. Oh, wow. That's like a big portion of the, every single game pretty much. Oh, wow. Yeah. And the powers are all really cool, like summon bees and shit. <clears throat> Um, the dragon can take three legendary actions, choosing from the options below. Only one legendary action option can be used at a time and only at the end of another creature's turn. The dragon regains spent legendary actions at the start of its turn. Claw! The dragon makes one claw attack. Psionics, which costs two actions. They cast the spell, I take it. The dragon uses psychic step or spell casting. Oh, okay. So it can psychic step or, or spell cast cast. any of those one-a-day spells. Gotcha. Um... Then it can also, for three actions, do the essential reduction. The dragon targets a creature or an object not being worn or carried that it can see within 60 feet of it. If you want to be just, like, immune to a bunch of shit, like, create a halfling and, like, just ride somebody all the time. (laughs) For sure. Um, The target must succeed... Did I mention it was within 60 feet? Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. The target must succeed on a DC 19 constitution saving throw or take 40 9d8 necrotic damage. If this damage reduces the target to zero hit points, it crumbles to dust. You hate to see it. <laughs> um, that's it for the stat block. Well, why don't we uh, take a look at its layer and regional effects as well, which should yeah, be above yeah. all those stat blocks it, that you're scrolling through. Above all the stuff. Ah, a tote. Topaz Dragon's Lair. Should I read everything? Go for it. Topaz Dragons dwell where the sea meets the land, favoring sites where the constant action of the waves and tides is slowly reducing the land to gravel. They make their lairs in caves set into sea cliffs or beneath salt marshes where fresh water and seawater mingle. We did all this, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah, we probably did. Let's just skip to lair actions. Mm-hmm. So lair actions are on initiative count of 20, losing initiative ties. The dragon can take one of the following lair actions. The dragon can't take the same lair action twice in a row, uh, you know, two rounds in a row. Beguiling whisper. The dragon telepathically whispers to one creature within range of the dragon's telepathy, which is 120 feet. The creature must succeed on a DC 15 wisdom saving throw or be charmed by the dragon until initiative count 20 on the next round. Now, I think all the gem dragons, if I remember correctly, I think they all get beguiling whisper, which, you know, 
is because of their psionicness, right? Yes. Well, they were also able to extend their telepathy range to like the surrounding gems, I believe, as well. And yeah. I haven't come across that yet in this. That'll be probably be regional effects. Okay. Uh, a creature charmed in this way obeys to the best of its ability any command the dragon issues that isn't directly harmful to the creature. Cancellation. The dragon chooses an active spell, a fifth level or lower, that it's aware of in the lair and ends the spell. Dang. Just says not. Negative energy infusion. Up to two creatures the dragon can see within the lair must each succeed on a DC 15 constitution saving throw or take 14, 46 necrotic damage. Negative energy then infuses the lair until initiative count 20 on the next round. While the infusion lasts, the creature in the lair other than the dragon can't regain hit points. Fuck. Oh, man. And it can dust people. Brutal. That's wild. Indeed. Regional effects. The region surrounding a legendary Topaz's dra- Topaz Dragon's lair is altered by the dragon's magic, creating one or more of the following effects. Crystal profusion. Here we go. Natural stone within six miles of the lair grows plentiful crystal formations and veins of Topaz gemstones, particularly <laughs> underground. Lots of Topaz everywhere. Mm-hmm. That's what I was looking for. Negative energy. When a creature finishes a long rest within six miles of the lair, the creature must first succeed on a DC 15 constitution saving throw or be unable to reduce its levels of exhaustion or regain spent hit die. Mm. Bummer. Mm-hmm. Creatures resistant or immune to necrotic damage are immune oh. to this regional effect. Nice. That's pretty BNA cool. Samar. And if you, <laughs> yeah, if you are traveling and you're unaware that you're in a Topaz Dragon's like domain, this is a, a a clue, an indicator yeah, that something yeah. is desperately wrong near mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not desperately wrong since That's, they're more neutral. But man, it's still pretty scary. Seems bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, thriving wildlife. Oh, here we go. Giant squid are <laughs> horny as fuck and attracted <laughs> to the sea within six miles of the lair, migrating and hunting there in large numbers. I wish that I had the power to just attract my favorite food anywhere I went. And make it horny? Just, well, I mean, just make it abundant, you know, like pizza just everywhere. Yeah, just horny Mexican pizza food everywhere. everywhere. I guess I live in California, so it kind of maybe I am a dragon. <laughs> Will's secretly a dragon in disguise. He's polymorphed. He's been here the whole time. <clears throat> just wants to do a podcast. <laughs> oh. uh, the amount of episodes that he sits on is his lair. Exactly. This and, is my horde. In the hundreds, baby. <laughs> Watery sight. Within, water within six miles of the lair is a conduit for the water is the conduit for the dragon's psionic presence. An action the dragon can cast is the clairvoyance spell, requiring requiring no spell components and targeting any body of water in that region. Man, that's what a, awesome. What a complicated relationship with water these dragons have. I know. Like they hate it. They hate the way it feels. It, but it houses their favorite food, and it makes them so much stronger. And they <laughs> probably have to drink it at some level. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they don't. Maybe they don't. <clears throat> Do dragons drink seawater? This guy breathes nasty, dry air, so maybe not. <laughs> Um, If the dragon dies, the population of giant squid in the region returns to normal levels over the course of 1D10 days. The existing abundance of crystals and topazes remains, but new ones form at a normal rate. Neat. That's everything. (laughs) Nice. Okay. Um, What do you think of these guys? Uh, I like the look a lot. I like the look. I like... Excuse me. I like how different they are than a lot of other dragons. I think with a lot of dragons, I mean, it has a lot of the the key characteristics, right? They're they're egotistical, they're greedy, all the other stuff. But like 
this is the first one that's just grouchy, wants everyone to leave them alone, and doesn't really have a good reason for. Yeah, he's just a like grumpy little dirtbag. Yeah, he's a grumpy little dirtbag, and it's just really funny. And he likes it's not usually what you think of when it comes to personality profile of a dragon. <laughs> I just like zombies, okay? Yeah, he's he's basically Oscar the Grouch. I hate being yellow, damn it. <laughs> I want to wear all black, but my mom never let me. Then she ditched me. If I were to give this dragon an analog for. Um, a chromatic or metallic dragon. I guess it would be a black dragon, but even that doesn't make a lot of sense. No, they're kind of their own thing. Yeah, they, yeah. they really are their own thing. I like them. All right. Well, yeah. then let's get ready for long rest. Let's do that. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the long rest. This is the part of the show where we are just so grateful to be done recording. <laughs> I mean, uh, thankful to you for listening. Yeah, thankful to the audience. Thank you, guys. <laughs> I just want to sleep. Yeah, tell, tell me about it. I'm on three and a half hours right now. <laughs> no, we're, we're good. We're good. We're good. Yeah, we we're still good. got another episode to go after yeah, we're this. We're good stay as fuck. strong. We're good. We're good. Hey, we got somebody to thank in particular besides you guys. You're cool too, though. But um, uh, D&D is for nerds. They're a popular actual play podcast in Australia. They sent us some good boy, bad boy cards. Yeah, these things are pretty cool. They seem to be like rewards or punishments that you can dish out to uh, players for their for their behavior. I'm not sure what like I w- I'm trying to think about how I would use it with you guys because you guys are such good role players and you guys are always such good boys. I don't I can't see myself using these bad boy. Cards. This is a product of Sans Pants Radio. On the back of mine, yeah. I have the good boy cards and I have the bad boy cards. Bad boy. So basically, essentially, these are cards that get drawn and have an effect on the game itself. They're very meta. Have they been good? Treat your players like the common dogs they are by rewarding them with treats. Our patented good boy cards will make your players feel like they're doing a good job, while at the same time uh, dehumanize them without their knowledge. (laughs) Are they mad at you? Deflect by telling them they're a good boy and hand out one of these cards. (laughs) Each one has a unique ability they can play in game or hoard and never use like the dog-brained idiots they are. So... Uh, that's that's the kind of brand we're going for. We're going for like a Dave's Last Resort sort of sort of vibe here. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, have they been bad? Punish your players like the common dogs they are by rewarding yourself with treats. That's funny. <laughs> our, our patented bad boy cards will make your players' lives hell while making yours great. Are they mad at you? Good. Tell them it could always be worse and threaten to use one of these cards. Each one has a unique ability you can play in-game or hoard as a threat to your players. Uh, as a threat so your players never step out of line so that's that's um these cards that's a fun sort of vibe to throw yeah out there. if you if you're interested in these cards go ahead and check out dnds for nerds it's on their shop i can see myself using these in some of our patreon games because you know they're a little bit more zany yeah like a, a vault raiders or that one I'm, i've been pitching to you about like you guys are playing monsters defending your dungeon you gotta stop putting we gotta stop putting our best ideas out here on the internet for everyone just to hear <laughs> okay and take. okay sorry um, you guys didn't hear that <laughs> Thank you guys so much. D&D is for nerds. SansPantsRadio.com product. We uh, appreciate that. Um, so, yeah, if you guys want to catch us on Patreon, you can. Speaking of that, um, it's one of the best ways to support us. And uh, it you get a bunch of bonus content, like free uh, early episode. Not free. I mean, you're subscribing to Patreon, right? So you're getting, But you're getting early episodes at every tier level. They're ad-free. They're ad-free. And that's pretty cool, mm-hmm. I think. Um, uh, there's show notes. There's there's just a ton of live play content. There's a ton of it, and people seem to really like it. So if you're interested, go check it out. Yeah, that'd be great. And if not, you can also leave a, or if you want to do both, leave a podcasting 
review of some kind, like mm-hmm. an Apple Podcast review or Spotify review, mm-hmm. or wherever you are consuming the show. Yeah, uh, throw out a review, hit the like and subscribe, all that stuff. We really appreciate it. It really does help. Uh, we also have a merch store. It's got merch in it. Surprise! It says Dungeon Cast and many other things. There's also merch for Super Quest Saga on there, um, and it's a good time. I enjoy it. I enjoy buying my own merch. Um, <laughs> I'm wearing merch right now. I've been wearing this Primitive shirt from SuperQuest. Yeah, whatever you do, don't rip your shirts in half like the way you're going to talk about the Dungeon Cast out there. <laughs> Blood Eagle, baby. Um, it's not safe for work, so don't Google Blood Eagle in like a bad a bad place. Uh, but yeah, spread the word. Spread the, the word of the Dungeon Cast. Let people know that the show exists and you're into it. And that helps us a lot, too. Uh, word of mouth is very powerful. Yeah, Your mouths are powerful. People Don't are more likely to, to try the show out if they get actual personal recommendations. So Yeah. Um, so go ahead and uh, you can hit us up on Discord. We have yeah. a cool Discord. We have a great Discord. A, a Twitter. Fantastic Discord. A fantastical Discord. The other things are cool, but the Discord whimsy. is really awesome. Yeah, Discord is great. Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok are all available things you can follow us on. So please uh, reach out to us there. And with that, I'm all out of dice to roll, Will. Then let's call it a game. Let's call it a game. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.